You know, we are in that change of the seasons, right? We we post Thanksgiving, you know, now it's officially like all in on Christmas, Christmas music. You can you can openly decorate and talk about it without being, you know, uh, ashamed or shunned by family members and loved ones. And the changes continue uh, for this podcast. Uh, we are an o- officially uh, both sides of the podcast now, an Adopt, Don't Shop podcast. Uh, yes. Congratulations. Welcome to the family, the football lounge, Remy. He is not going to be making an appearance, I'm told, today because he's trade, he's cra- uh, crate training. But we want to welcome on Remy to the team. Basco yes. got a dog. Welcome aboard, Remy. Yeah, he's uh, he's enjoying peanut butter inside of the Kong. They love those oh. things where they can just you know search MVP the peanut the butter, uh, the frozen peanut butter at that. So uh, he, in a season he be busy where, now, in a season where we don't bit. have an NFL MVP, a clear front runner, the Kong, <laughs> the, Kong the Kong with the peanut always, butter is a clear front runner for dog owners. Always, always a winner. That is yeah. for sure. Yeah, no, we are. He's great. He's a shepherd mix. Uh, he's two years old. We got him from the shelter uh, nearby here. So uh, very excited to have he's been super chill. He's really adaptable. Uh, you know, I think he's uh, just happy to get out of that environment. It was funny when we were, were there visiting. He was kind of with the younger one since he is only two, but everyone else was like puppies. All the other dogs were. And so he, you could just see he was just sitting there like with his sunken eyes. Like, <laughs> What the hell are these like? Give me at least like all these rambunctious uh, little puppies, dude. I just want to chill. And so, then yeah, we gravitated him right and away. And then he gets to the apartment. He realizes, oh crap, I'm a Steelers fan now. All yeah, right. yeah. Oh, all exactly. right. We already. All we right. Already we got, got him a... out with no, one of these. No... Uh, <laughs> I mean, so. no touchdowns. We can't throw for touchdowns, but we hell of a great defense. Hell of a great you know, defense. He doesn't seem to be much of a, a fetch <laughs> lover, so I think he won't have to worry about uh, yeah. seeing him the and ball Deontay in the Johnson. air during the Steelers Him and Deontay game. Johnson, they won't go for the loose ball. They hate that's the loose ball. He's not going to give up his body. Remy and Deontay Johnson, uh, they just don't want to give up their body for the loose ball. That is perfect. <laughs> that, is, that is great. Man, has that have to be his middle name. Uh, Remington Deontay Vasco <laughs> moving forward. I love it. Well, it was, uh, it was a week of uh, some very, you know, marquee matchups uh, with, uh, you know, obviously huge some implications in division. There are a couple of big divisional matchups. We had a couple, uh, you know, they put up or shut up time for like the Bills, for instance, um, and uh, the NFC East kind of shaping up as as we speak right now. But, you know, the big takeaway, of course, as we launch ourselves into this week 12 recap is that you know the some of these teams are separating and the Philadelphia Eagles are among the top they're always continuing uh, to pull out a victory even when they don't look so great um and and they're just continuing to get it done meanwhile the Seahawks kind of had an opportunity to you know put themselves uh, still in the playoff uh, you know contention conversation which they still are but they're starting to fall uh, on the on the back end of that so just a couple of those things but obviously uh, the key breaking news for today being that the Panthers have fired Frank Reich in just his first season at the helm uh, with the Panthers. So a, a new head coach incoming for Carolina yet again, the cycle repeats and uh, that will now launch us into this week 12 recap here on the football. Lounge. And 
on cue the jazz music. That was, I'm assuming, the music that was playing in the elevator for Frank Reich as he was uh, heading out of the building <laughs> in Carolina uh, for the last time. But yeah, I think we should start with that news, Mark, since it was breaking yeah. and it was kind of the biggest move of the day so far. Um, I think that both of us can say with certainty that you know this was underwhelming even for the state of where the Panthers are at. One in ten. I kind of tweeted about this earlier today. Uh, you know, did he get a fair shake? Was he given, you know, the proper weapons to kind of uh, do with this team what owner David Tepper wanted? Probably not, but you can't start one and 10, no matter the the circumstance. It's just, it's not, especially in the terrible NFC South, like you had the easiest division in football uh, to start one and 10. Uh, that's just really brutal. Maybe he didn't get a fair shake and maybe Frank Reich is a, you know, a good coach. But as you pointed out in the pre-show, uh, this is the second time uh in in just the matter of two years that frank reich has been uh, fired mid-season so at a certain point too you gotta you know look inward and say you know what could i have done better but i think mark overall that he wasn't done um any favors by the staff there including the gm scott fitterer making that deal with the bears getting rid of a top playmaker that dj Moore or in dj Moore that bryce young could have used so there's a lot of moving pieces here and a lot of blame to go around. But Frank Reich, of course, is the head coach, gets the ax here. Yeah, the Panthers have been a horrible, horrible organization over the last couple of years since David Tepper took over. I've been it's been really fun on on Twitter to uh see all the, you know, the screenshots. This is from Ken Jack, who's who's great. He's with Bar Barstool Sports. Since David Tepper took over as the owner, they spent a third round pick on Will Greer. Will Greer just was released from the uh, uh, Patriots practice squad. They signed Teddy Bridgewater or $33 million guaranteed deal. They cut Cam Newton. They traded a second, fourth, and a sixth for Sam Darnold. Remember that? A second yeah. rounder, a fourth rounder, and a sixth rounder for Sam Darnold. Traded Teddy Which Bridgewater. A second rounder was in there on that. For only a sixth round pick. They picked up Darnold's $18 million option, fifth year option. They signed Cam Newton back, spent a third rounder on Matt Corral, who's uh, been a, a, a no show in the league. Traded for Baker, cut Baker, cut Cam, drafted Young over Stroud, and Frank Wright out now after 11 games. So and well, it, did you put they brought Cam back? Did you I say did. That? They, so I, okay, I okay. said they brought Cam yeah, back. Yeah. The, so, so obviously, it's, it's not, it, you feel bad for Frank Wright. He didn't get a fair shake at all. He didn't yeah. get a fair shake at all. Starting one in 10 is not great. I think the, the thing that was for the death for, you know, Frank Reich is that. There didn't seem to be any sort of pop with with Bryce Young at all. It's, there wasn't even the moments where you're like, ooh, okay. You know, with Justin Fields last year, there were times when it's like, man, look who he's throwing, dude. They're just dropping balls left and right. That's a great ball, and they just no one out there. After Mooney got injured and Claypool was a no-show, I mean, there were times when he was throwing to guys that aren't even in the league anymore, and you're like, God, I just feel for him. Like, get him some help. Bryce Young, why, yes. It's it's clearly there's a struggle for who he's throwing to. There's still just zero like pop at all with this yeah. offense. And that's on Frank Reich. I will say, I think in the long run, good for Frank Reich to kind of get out of that situation because it's not getting any better in Carolina. And David Tepper, to me, seems like now one of the bottom five owners in the NFL that you want to work for. I mean, he seems like he's a nightmare to work for. Uh, so good luck to Carolina. They are, that is not an attractive job. The only thing you'd say is attractive about it is that um, you have a rookie quarterback on a rookie salary in a winnable division, but you got a lot of work to do with a GM that now I don't really trust the GM to do anything 
He was the one who signed off on the deal to get Bryce Young. Clearly, he's being, I don't know if he's uh, hes being micromanaged by Tepper or he's just him himself kind of incompetent. Uh, so it, it does not seem like a, a desired job at all. No, it's, you know, no one knows what the, where the direction for this franchise is headed. And I think that's the biggest, you know, factor in um, the issues that Carolina has seen over the last three years is that, you know, clearly David Tepper is passionate and wants to win. That's why he bought the team, you know, but there are downsides to ownership in the league when it comes to um, how you actually uh, experience a NFL season uh, versus how you um, relate to the daily grind or um, the process that it takes in the National Football League. Yeah, um, you know, I don't know David Tepper on a personal level, of course, but it just it it appears to be that this is kind of like just a fan running a team, and there are issues with that, right? Like. Sometimes a fan running a team can be great because a lot of times fans are, uh, you know, no excuses type of thing. And and they are maybe more willing to um, g- get off the, the, the hot track um, earlier and, and be more willing to take chances and risks. Um, but the, the downside also is maybe not understanding what's required of a hire um, and what you know, tempering expectations actually means, you know, a lot of fans every year want their team to go to the Super Bowl. It's not, it's just not realistic, you know, coming into this year, my goal as a Steelers fan was to see significant improvement in Kenny Pickett and an offense that could build a foundation for years to come. Didn't ex- don't expect them to win a Super Bowl and still don't. Um, but you know, there's a lot of fans that, you know, just, w- just only want one result. seems like David Tepper only wants one result. And that is you've got to compete for Super Bowl every year. That's great for a standard to have, but when you're at the state that the Panthers are at in their franchise, you have to be realistic as well and say that it's going to take training wheels for two yeah. years. We're going to have to get a quarterback that works. And um, and there's just a lot of uh, pieces like that. But to your point, Frank Reich wasn't getting the improvements out of Bryce Young that you know most people wanted and expected. And Peter Schrager pointed this out in Good Morning Football this morning. You know They have the most expensive uh, coaching staff in the league by far. They have Jim Caldwell. They have like you know, Josh McCown, they have very experienced guys on that staff. And so for the result to be one in 10 with an experienced group, with a lot of former players on staff, with former head coaches as coordinators, you do expect more. And so from that standpoint, I understand the move. Question is, what are the Panthers going to do now? It's like, who's going to be, I don't know of many great coaching candidates that are coming out this year. Obviously we've heard Jim Harbaugh to the bears is big news. So maybe Jim Harbaugh is in the, Carolina Panthers radar. Um, but I, I'm just not sure of, of who's out there right now that that would be a good candidate for them. Frank Reich seemed like a good guy, maybe a good culture dude. So it is surprising at that point. But anything else you want to add before we get into the games? No, I, I think you nailed it there. I think the 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 thing for Panthers fans will be it's just you are you're now a very you're already a non-desired free agency market. It's not a big market, Carolina. I mean, it's a nice place. Yeah. We both love Charlotte, but other than that, you're in a re- you're in a real rut where this is the type of franchise that really needs to build through the draft, and you don't have draft picks, you don't have draft capital, and uh, you 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 have a GM that I would have zero faith in building through the draft. And I don't even know if the GM's calling the shots. It seems a lot like Tepper. This was his guy. Bryce Young is his guy, and so. 
Um, it's a it's a bleak, bleak uh, Monday uh, morning, Cyber Monday for uh, for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, for sure. Brutal. <laughs> I, Cyber Monday for the Carolina Panthers will go down in history. On yeah, it will. Um, all right. Well, let's get to the Thanksgiving slate. Hope everyone had a great holiday. Black Friday, Thanksgiving. We got Cyber Monday now. Just full of holidays here uh, on the football loud. So we hope you and yours uh, had a great time. Uh, we certainly uh, enjoyed our Thanksgivings and um, got a- added a, an addition to the household as well. So it was a great time and uh, a great day for football, as always, on Thanksgiving oh, yeah. with a couple couple classic matchups, divisional games, uh, starting with the Packers and the Lions. Jordan Love looking a lot better. I know he's kind of been the talk of the town over the last few days about his improvements, beating the Lions 29 to 22. An unexpected outcome is the Lions fall to eight and three. They're still very much uh, in firm place in the division, uh, but obviously they were trying to potentially push for the one seed, which the Eagles keep moving that goalpost further and further now. So brutal loss for the Lions at home on Thanksgiving, which is a Detroit staple. Uh, meanwhile, the Packers uh, seeming to get more out of Jordan Love as the weeks go by. Their offense started to improve, and uh, overall, uh, you know, the Detroit Lions, uh, you know, giving up a game that that you really needed to win uh, to keep pace there. But of course, uh, we both think they'll be fine moving forward. But you got to take advantage when you can. And it's the Packers. I'm sure Detroit uh, doesn't feel that there were any moral victories out of this loss. Yeah, I, I listen for the Packers. They have this is what a, you know, a, a sound organization does. They take a season that they should be rebuilding. And at one point in time, we thought was they were dead in the water. They've surprised one, two games in a row, and now they're right in it. There's to me, you look at the schedule, the Packers are very alive for the seventh seed uh in the NFC uh, playoffs. Absolutely alive. And Jordan Love, two games in a row, playing good football, not turning the ball over. This also just seemed like one of those moments where it's like, guys, it's a reminder that divisional games are really hard to win. And coaches and organizations just know how to beat some organizations. This just felt like the world setting things right. The Packers still just beat the Bears and they beat the Lions. That's what they do. And for the Lions, they're hitting a little bit of a, a lull, right? They almost lost against the Bears. Um, they come back with a fury in the last couple minutes and then they they just soundly get beat. Their offensive line, they just got beat up by the Packers defense and they the, the fumbles and the struggles for Jared Goff. I'm not panicking from the Lions again. 10 wins probably yeah. wins you this uh this division. And the Lions have the Saints, the Bears, Broncos, Vikings twice, Cowboys. I think they can get two wins out of that. I, I have a feeling they'll probably split with the Vikings, beat the Bears, most likely beat the Saints this weekend. 11 wins should still be very much in the cards for the Lions. I even like them more than the, than the Cowboys, as you know. I still think this could be a 12-win football team. And I also think for Dan Campbell, his type of team facing a little adversity like this, Probably a good thing. It just seems like they're the type sure. of team that's going to rebound really strong from this and put on a great performance against the New Orleans Saints team that's struggling next week. And for the Packers, listen, everything's in front of them now. You probably lose against the Chiefs next week. That's fine. You get to that seventh loss in the season. The Packers are very capable, though, of still getting to 10 wins. This is a team that their their schedule post that Chiefs game is extremely, extremely workable. And if you are... The Packers fans right now, you want to see Jordan Love play this well down the stretch. I mean, post Chiefs, you have Giants, Bucks, Panthers, Vikings, Bears. 
those are winnable games, every single one of them down the stretch for the Packers. So don't look now. The Packers, to me, if you had asked me this morning, the Packers are going to be a playoff team come the end of the year. Yeah, it's very, you know, winnable and open in the NFC. And so, you know, if they were in the AFC, I'd say there's no shot for the Green Bay Packers at this point. It's just too far, uh, too late. But it's the NFC. They're one game out of 500. There is, you know, an opening. And you just mentioned it. The schedule is certainly favorable yeah. to the Green Bay Packers. So if this isn't just like a flash in the pan type of deal, if this is some, you know, sort of rhythm forming and momentum uh, being gained, and especially with this offense, yeah. then yeah, uh, then then there's there's problems to be had for their opponents moving forward, especially well, with the return of you know Jair Alexander and things like yeah. that. I mean, they're gonna get better, and Jake, you know, or Luke Musgrave, uh, you know, will will be back uh, later this year too. So yeah, we'll learn everything we need to know about the Packers versus the Chiefs next week. If they put up a fight and they and they battle close in that game, then they absolutely can. This is something that they're building on. This is for real. If they get blown out, then it might be one of those, all right, confidence killer. Then maybe they stumble down the stretch. Uh, we'll see. But right now, you got to feel good if you're a Packers fan with that, with the with the Seahawks faltering and the, the six and seven seeds kind of wide open in the NFC playoff race. The Cowboys, uh, there's a lot to you know feel good about if you're a, a Dallas fan. They yeah. put a hurt on the Washington Commanders 45 to 10. So it's actually a game I, I thought would have been an, a potential upset alert. Uh, just with, you know, maybe Dallas getting a little bit too complacent with their performance the last several weeks. Uh, but it was anything but Sam Howell and company looked overwhelmed uh, by the Dallas defense. Dak Prescott had, you know, a, a potentially a career day. Uh, Tony Pollard got going. A lot of things were clicking for this Dallas offense and defense in this game with a 35 point win at home on Thanksgiving divisional game improved to eight and three. So now they're right there with the Lions for that two seed. You know, I, I will say this. Um, we, we've mentioned it time and time again that we're not going to pick the Dallas Cowboys to make a Super Bowl until we see it just because of everything uh, year in and year out of them overperforming in the regular season, underperforming in the postseason. But I do think as these performances start to stack, uh, I'm going to start to give them a little bit more and more, uh, you know, credit and, you know, praise for how they've been performing and how Dak Prescott is starting to really work well within McCarthy's system and they're you know it was bumpy the first you know month or so uh with this new system uh you know with the departure of Callan Moore but I'm feeling more and more confident with the Dallas Cowboys just the the whole package together come playoff time still might be a different story but I'd imagine as we'll talk about the Super Bowl plane uh later this week when we post it um I'd imagine this is a team that's continuing to be on the rise in, in your mind as well but maybe not I'm I'm just so I'm so glad you feel that way because I feel so the opposite. Here's the thing: okay. they they lo they lose to the to the Eagles twenty eight to twenty three on the road. Then they beat up the the Giants, Panthers, and Commanders uh, in three really impressive big point wins, holding these teams bad teams. They beat up the now listen the Commanders. I'll quickly about the Commanders. I, I think this is the point now is smart to fire Del Rio. I think they probably should have fired Riverboat Ron too, but I think he's a good dude and people don't like to fire good people. Like he's a genuinely good human being and a great football guy. Um, I will say uh, Sam Howell to me looks like he could play. I think the pan, I think the yeah, commanders, I, yeah. they really found something in Sam Howell. I think he can be in that Dak Prescott, Jared Goff type of quarterback in the NFL. I really do think he can be. 
And, and again, that's a that's that means, in my opinion, that's a quarterback that can make championship games or Super Bowls if you really build around them the right way. So I, I think he's he's very capable of that. But Cowboys, I think, get to nine wins. You also mentioned them as a second seed. They're not going to host a playoff game because they're a wild card team. They're not going to catch the Eagles. So they're already at a disadvantage there again, which goes oh, into yeah, my Super Bowl true. plane and their ceiling. And and here's my thing on the Cowboys. They they host the Seahawks Thursday night this week. They will beat the Seahawks. The Seahawks are reeling right now. Cowboys uh, defense will get after Geno, and they, they'll be able to put up points. It'll be a fun game, but I think the Cowboys will win. Then, I think the Cowboys go on a four-game losing streak. I think the Cowboys will end the season with 10 wins. They have eight right now. They have five. They have six games left. I think they will go two and four down the stretch. After the Seattle game, they host the Eagles. They lose. They go to Buffalo in the freezing cold. They lose. They go to Miami in the burning heat. They lose. They host the Lions. The Lions will be the better football team on that day. I believe the Lions win that game. And then they go to Washington, the Commanders. They beat the Commanders on the final day of the year, game of the year, to get to 10 wins. So that's I think plausible. That is plausible. I but I don't want to now. Obviously, that's just projecting, but I'm just telling you why I'm still not high on the Cowboys yet. If the Cowboys prove me wrong and they win down that stretch and they can get to 11 or 12 wins, meaning they win two, one or two of that that four game stretch, I will think differently about the Cowboys. But until I see them beat a Buffalo in Buffalo, beat a Miami in Miami beat an Eagles team in in Dallas and beat a, a Lions team in Dallas. I'm not going to think that much higher of the Cowboys than I already do, which is a one-and-done playoff team right now. Yeah, I, I still think they are a one-and-done playoff team, but I just I feel like they're at a certain point, like, I, and I know that this is still following the script of Dallas blowing out bad teams. I think that they still haven't, you know, beat, everyone they've beaten and blown out are 500 or lower teams. So they're, they yeah, the only, they haven't I mean, beat anyone with a winning record, right? So their wins are is, against the Commanders, the Panthers, the Giants, the Rams, the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Jets, and yeah. the Giants again. So, yeah, so not not a good not a good grouping of teams for sure that they won't, that they beat. So the to your point, they will be battle tested in this next stretch. I'll be interested to see how they perform. Huge uh, two and four though. That's a very that's that's a very plausible outcome. I think before Crucial. the season, I had them at eight nine, uh, ten and seven. Yeah. That's Crucial for them to get this win against Seattle at home Thursday night, short week. Yeah, it is they lose that. It's crucial rough. for them to get it. Now they both will be on a week rest for that because if they don't win that game, then it puts even more pressure on a, to find wins in that four game stretch is really tough to do. Yes, absolutely. All right. The 49ers go on the road at the Seahawks and Seattle, uh, you know, just uh, looked a little bit overmatched in this one for sure. The Geno Smith, uh, you know, experiment from last year where everything was riding high on his, um, you know, re-arrival to the league, so yeah. to speak. Uh, that has cooled off throughout the year, and it's, you know, still seeming apparent that Seattle is is hurting offensively and not able to do much in terms. Now, I know he's been hurt. I know they didn't have Kenneth Walker in the game for this one. Obviously, their premier back. Uh, so those are difficult things to overcome against in a, in a superior opponent in San Francisco, but still the 49ers win 31 to 13 Brock Purdy looks, uh, you know, um, a good little bit above average in this game. He wasn't amazing, but the guy continues to do what he needs to do. 
uh, to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers. Debo, big game. Christian McCaffrey, big game. And they get it done, 31-13. So, you know, 49ers are 8-3 and yeah. three as well. The cream of the crop in the NFC is very clear and defined, it seems. Um, the AFC, there are question marks with a lot of these teams, right? Like, I mean, well, the, now the with the injuries in the AFC, the yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a total shakeup right now. Um, but it's being clear in my mind that it's the 49ers, the Eagles in the NFC. I mean, the Cowboys record wise, uh, but yeah, the Lions are in there. It's those really those four teams. That's and everyone it. else is fine for scraps. Um, and, and I think Seattle, for Seattle is now one of those teams. Yeah. And I think for Seattle, exactly right there. Now the team three weeks ago, we thought, oh, this is definitely going to be a six or seven seed in the NFC. Now they're in for a real fight down the stretch because they lost some winnable games. Uh, and then, and now they're not healthy. And uh, so the, again, Thursday night will be a defining moment for Seattle. If they can come out and win that game, then they have a real chance to still make the playoffs and have two years in a row where they should have been rebuilding post Russ in that big trade, making the playoffs. That's a, that's a good feeling if you're a Seattle team and a fan, but now it also feels like Seattle stuck in that little bit of that, like kind of Alex Smith uh, chiefs days where it's like, this is fun. It's good to win, but we need something to elevate us to the next move step. The needle. And yeah. for the Niners, yeah. I mean, the Niners are fully back. When they're fully healthy, Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, they're fully back. And it makes Brock Purdy look like an MVP candidate. He's not the MVP. Stop being stupid and saying that people like Jason McIntyre on uh, on the herd. I know you put a big future on it. That's why you're pushing the narrative. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. And I know it's a year where we don't really have an MVP. That doesn't mean you give it to Brock Purdy. That is not how that should work. But yeah. the Niners, absolutely. To me, you could argue the Niners right now might be the second best team in football behind the Philadelphia Eagles. They, the Niners right now might be better than anyone in the AFC. Problem is the Philly just looks that good in the NFC where they can win any sort of way. Uh, they can win the Niners way. They can win the chiefs way. They can win the bills way. They just can win anyway. And so, um, uh, and, and, and so, yeah, I, 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 nothing else more to say about this game. It was an easily predictable game. The, the kind of the favorites won, all on Thursday, except for the Lions, and then with the Black Friday game, too. Yeah, absolutely. If there's an MVP to come out of San Francisco, in my view, it's Christian McCaffrey. He's been the thing that's like been a constant for them. Even when Brock's played poorly, Christian McCaffrey has come through time and time again. So I would, if I'm going to bet a future on a year where there's not a clear MVP, maybe I'll go running back in Christian McCaffrey. But yeah, you mentioned it the Black Friday game, Dolphins on the road at the Jets. Kind of a similar game in this way where you know, the Dolphins didn't have like their best day offensively by any means two uh, through two interceptions in this game, but they still blew the doors off of the Jets. And that's because yeah. Tim Boyle was starting and the Jets offense just still uh, can't get much going at all. 34-13 Miami wins kind of a, in my view is a good win for Miami, even oh, yeah. though it was a predictable win for them uh, because I, you know, it seemed like uh, there was like a two week period there where it's like, oh, is Miami starting to like cool off? Are they starting to fall and uh, and and have some issues? Uh, you know, the, Devon Achan got hurt. They missed him for a little while. But no, this is a 34 point performance uh, despite having, you know, losing the turnover battle there. Um, eight to th eight and three. They they're still very much, uh, you know, in the mix in the AFC and they're looking good for the division crown right now. So Miami, you know, you, you won the game you're supposed to. Meanwhile, I think it's officially over now for the Jets. I thought there was still, you know, I didn't think there was a hope for them, 
but I think this shuts the door on any chance for yeah. some like miracle comeback. Yeah, I, I just I would I want to make sure I put it out there from my perspective. I still believe in Robert Sala should be the head coach of the Jets football team. His defense is, is playing exactly the way it needs to play. And they're in a very good unit. He's great on his side of the ball. And it seems as though there's just a lot that goes on over his head that he's not in control of. That's not really fair to him. I I I would still give Sala the chance. Also, the idea of firing Sala and and Hackett and all this and cleaning house, but then keeping Aaron Rodgers. They when they brought in Aaron Rodgers, obviously no one predicted that they'd blow his Achilles, but this was a two-year window. This was you're just going to keep this together. So I hope that they don't do anything crazy and stupid. I think that they should keep Sala around and give this thing another chance. On the other side of it, for Miami, Miami's a legitimate threat for the one seed in the AFC, and not anyone's really talking about it right now. If you look at Miami's, we're talking about people's upcoming schedule, eight and three. They have um, the Commanders. They'll win that game. They have the Titans in Miami. They'll win that game. They have the Jets in Miami. They'll win that game. All of a sudden, they're eleven and three. A game against the Cowboys. I predicted they'd win twelve and three, and then it's Ravens Bills. By that point in time, the Ravens and the Dolphins that could be the one seed in the AFC. Now this game is in Baltimore. I would give the edge to Baltimore. I think Baltimore is the better team, but you never know what could happen. Miami will be come week sixteen or seventeen and eighteen, absolutely in the hunt for the number one seed. And uh, that game against the Bills could be really important because it could be Miami trying to lock up the one seed while the Bills trying to make the playoffs. A divisional matchup at the end of the year could be a really fun one. So keep an eye out for Miami. They're going to be absolutely 100% alive in the one seed. And no one, you don't want to go play in the cold of Buffalo or in Kansas City in the wet and snow in an AFC championship game. You'd rather be in the wet and snow of Kansas City in an AFC championship game than 80 degrees and humid in Miami for an AFC championship game when you're not prepared for that because that will zap you like a dog. So Miami, they are in the driver's seat for a one seed, and and they control their own destiny with uh, with the game with uh, the Ravens coming on up. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point because the Ravens' schedule is not very favorable moving no. forward. Now, they are 9-3. and three. They play the Rams next week, so we assume 10-3. and three. But then it's at Jacksonville, certainly not a gimme. Tough game. At the 49ers, that's a really tough, tough game. game. I feel like the 49ers win that game. Then, like you said, it's they're, they're home against the Dolphins and then home against Pittsburgh. Uh, they could lose three of those four games, and uh, we're still talking about an division. 11 and 16. They'll yeah, still, still win, their, win division. their division, but um, but the Miami, pathway, yeah. Uh, everyone's just talking right now so much about Kansas City and Baltimore, the one seeds. Keep an eye on Miami. Miami it could stack wins here really easily and then close out some teams at the in the last two weeks of the season. No bye weeks uh, this week for any team, so we have the full slate with uh, Thanksgiving and Friday. We'll get to the Sunday action after a brief word from our sponsor, Durham Remodeling. Serving the Quad Cities area since 1973, and with over 50 years of excellence on their track record, you'll see why it's so easy to trust their experts when it comes to all of your home improvement projects. This family-owned business has you covered on all your needs. Protect your home or building from the elements today and get great roof repair services. Need new windows? No problem. Durham Remodeling can upgrade your windows and doors. Whether you want to upgrade the little details in your home or office, 
or want to tear a room down and start fresh, the expert contractors at Durham Remodeling have your back. Even the smallest changes can completely transform your space. Ready to start entertaining your friends for backyard barbecues? Durham Remodeling will help you plan, design, and build your deck and patio for the perfect outdoor space. Durham Remodeling's work is 100% guaranteed, so you can rest assured that you're getting the best service around. Call 309-786-6715 today for your free estimate for all your roofing, siding, flooring, windows, and painting needs. That's Durham Remodeling, 309-786-6715. All right, welcome back to the Football Lounge with Mark and Dan, brought to you by the Four Frequency Sake Podcast Network. The Saints on the road at the Falcons and Bijan Robinson, uh, I guess uh, to head He's coach Arthur he realized he has Bijan Robinson on his team. <laughs> yeah, uh, he had himself a game for sure. And the Falcons, uh, you know, get the win twenty-four to fifteen. Man, New Orleans now at five and six. We thought this was going to be a runaway for the division. It is not. The Falcons also at five and six. The Buccaneers, as bad as they've been, only a game and a half out in that one as well. So. Uh, this division now shaping up for one of those uh, finishes of the NFC West we saw years and years ago when the Seahawks won the NFC West at like eight and uh, eight or no seven and nine they won seven yeah. and nine beast very mode. well that might was the be beast one quake. of those yes the beast quake was so we may very well see something like that here with the NFC South again but for the Falcons all you can say is I guess uh, they're you know they're starting to you know, get their playmakers more involved. Desmond Ritter may begin a little more confidence. I don't think he's the future there. Uh, I think this says way more about the Saints than anything. Uh, this Derek Carr experiment is not working out well. It's just not. Uh, for whatever reason, I I'm surprised. I thought Derek Carr is one of the, you know, top half quarterbacks in the league. He's not playing like it this year. And uh, despite them having a, you know, somewhat solid defense, the injuries to you know Michael Thomas and Chris Olave even in this game have hurt. They haven't been able to get the ball in the hands of, of many other playmakers. It's just seeming to be like uh, the, the walls are crumbling in New Orleans. They may yeah. be headed for a full rebuild before we know it. Yeah, New Orleans, it's really concerning. You, you kind of went all in on this, like extending this window. And Dennis Allen doesn't seem to be the coach. And Derek Carr doesn't seem to be the quarterback. Uh, that is capable with this offensive scheme to really just take advantage of it. You know, poor offensive line play overall too. It's just nothing's working. There's no identity for New Orleans, and it's a it's a really frustrating thing. Every I, I don't I don't know of anyone who didn't pick New Orleans to win this division this year, and it looks like they they're just letting it slip out of their hands. For Atlanta, kudos to Arthur Smith. This was a you know season saving job saving type of job uh, win for him. This was a lot of people talking about him being on the hot seat. And I think he realized, all right, I got to empty the tank. I got to show you that I can use these guys while also showing that I need a quarterback. And I think that Atlanta is quickly going to become one of the most interesting teams in the offseason for who they go at. Do they get aggressive to try to trade up in the draft? They'd be a great trade partner to go from where they're at to number one. Because unlike Carolina last year, if they can just do it with picks, they have the talent. You know what I mean? Whatever that that quarterback's not coming into an empty cupboard. So if they can really sell a, you know, sell a team to trade up to it, you know, for a bunch of picks or something like that, they could certainly uh, be a, 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 you know, a team to keep an eye out for that. Or who knows, maybe they are aggressive in the veteran play you know, quarterback market with a Kirk Cousins or someone like that. That's a really interesting right. thing for them. But in the meantime, yeah. right now, it looks like they are going to be the team 
that wins this division. And so Arthur Smith obviously will keep his job if he if he can lead them to a division win. And if I was Arthur Smith, keep doing what you're doing. Lean on your playmakers. Sell it. Sell that to the fans that you're the guy who knows how to use those playmakers. Just get me the quarterback. With the way they play football, like if Arthur Smith is the guy moving forward and they do want to make one of those moves, go up and get a quarterback early in this draft, they could use picks. But they also, you know, I, I know it's only a few years removed from a top 10 pick, but they haven't utilized Kyle Pitts since he's been there. Yeah. He could be a, a piece where you're like, OK, this just isn't working within our scheme. It's not how we want to dial it up. True. But some other team might be very enticed by the talent level of Kyle Pitts to say, hey, we'll give you Pitts and a first this year, first next year, and uh, maybe we can move up. They don't even need to go to the number one spot. They could get a Drake May or a Bo Nix and maybe feel good about that. Yeah. So top if five, I'm pick, the, top six, they could go for it. If I'm the Chicago Bears, I would love to take Atlanta's, this year's Atlanta's pick, which would probably be a top 15 pick. You know, maybe they make oh, the yeah. playoffs. So, um, you know, and then like next year's number one as well, plus Kyle Pitts and some other things. I would take that for the number one overall pick. That'd be pretty solid. Absolutely. Uh, the Steelers go on the road at Cincinnati. We did not talk about this since the news came uh, after our show last Monday, but uh, the Steelers actually did it. They fired Matt Canada. Crazy. Something I didn't know was ever going to happen. Pittsburgh for the first time since 1941 uh, has a, a coach, coach fired in the middle in of the season. season and that coach fired himself. So yeah. literally it just, it hasn't, Hilarious. hasn't happened. So, uh, very, very uh, unprecedented times in Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin felt that a move had to be made. Uh, I was under no illusions that this was going to solve their offensive problems, that Kenny Pickett was all of a sudden going to look great. But I will say, like, kudos to them because the, the offense did look really good in this game. They just shot themselves in the foot with yeah. not challenging the Deontay Johnson touchdown and then fumbling the ball to play after. Uh, a penalty late in the first half, uh, you know, took away – uh, what would have been a promising touchdown drive, it appeared. So there are a lot of things that really contributed to this being a 16-10 win versus what could have been a, a 26-27 point victory uh, for Pittsburgh. So I was really encouraged from what I saw from the offense. And, you know, having just, you know, it's obviously the same system, but having someone different make the, the decisions on what play is going to be called having someone else make the decision on how the game plan is going to be set throughout the week. They have, you know, two guys doing this. Uh, it, it clearly seemed to have worked yeah. for one week. Now it was against the Bengals defense, so we're not going to read uh, a whole lot into it. Uh, but the Pittsburgh Steelers played the most difficult slate of defenses the first half of the season. Now they're starting to get into the territory where they're going to have schedule the easiest is slate. It's open. Um, so look, the, the offense – uh, should start to look a lot better. That's what uh, should be expected of this team. Kenny Pickett looked a lot more comfortable, and they took shots down the middle of the field. Pat Fryermuth, hello, welcome to you know the league this year because he had nine catches all season. He had nine in this game. A lot of things looking good for Pittsburgh. Meanwhile, the Bengals, it is over. It's um, you know, they're not gonna, they're not good enough roster wise to make yeah. a push. Um, they should go into the tank, get as high fine. of a pick as you can to help yeah. this roster. Cause this is just a lost year and that's okay. We talked about it. I will say I'm, I was pleasantly surprised with the Steelers offensive output as well. They finally got over 400 yards. That alone should just feel Which isn't good. that funny that it, it only, it was the first game yeah. after like since McCann got fired. Like I, I, I didn't even expect that that yeah. was going to happen, but literally the first game after he leaves and they finally break the streak, which was the second longest streak 
without hitting 400 yards uh, in the last 30 years. That's yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. I mean, it, you're just bound for it to happen one game, and it finally did for them as soon as they got rid of Matt Canada. Listen, th- this wasn't just a one game, and now we make the decision on Kenny picking the offense. He's got the rest of the season to play it on out, and you're right. Luckily, he's got some defenses where he can he can stat pad some stats. Cardinals next week, they host them. They should blow out the Cardinals, get to eight wins, host the Patriots the week after that, blow out the Patriots, get to nine wins. Then... They have a really big game at the Colts. They should be able to win that game. Then they go, they host the Bengals. They can win that game. This is a Steelers team that should get to 10 wins and to make themselves yeah. into the six or seven seed. The the thing will be, how do we feel about Kenny Pickett? What is he, what does he do down the stretch? And then what does he do once they make the playoffs? Can he surprise us a little bit? He'll be the starting quarterback for this team next year, no matter what. You give that quarterback when you draft a first rounder that third year because you don't have to make the decision on them yet until the end of that third year, whether you're picking up that fifth year or not. So he has got some time and they, but this is an important stretch for them to, for them to feel really good and confident about him going into next year. So all eyes are on Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh here. No question. It's going to be a, a, a do or die kind of stretch here for for him and obviously to your point he will get next year so if he does somehow make a massive leap in yeah. year three um then then it'll be a different conversation but for right now for where it stands for the feeling in the locker room the ability to get free agents who want to come and play for and with Kenny Pickett uh this is an important stretch and uh maybe he can help turn some heads and you know buck the narrative a little bit that has been out there looked a lot better they took steps now they just need to stack because they are in a position right now to be able to do it with the Browns losing. They have moved up to the, uh, the five seed. I believe uh, they definitely leapfrogged Cleveland. So yeah, start stacking. They've got a favorable schedule. Uh, they end it with the Seahawks and Ravens with the way the Seahawks are playing. That doesn't look so great. Um, probably going to lose to the Ravens. I would imagine that's just how these, these, uh, you know, divisional games shake out. They already beat them once. They'll probably lose this second time around, but yeah, 10 wins, Maybe even 11 is in range for Pittsburgh, and, and that would do wonders. Uh, but yeah, once again, they're kind of like the Cowboys. Obviously, they're they're playing completely different types of football. But Floor like the Cowboys, high, but you don't the have ceiling confidence. still feels low. Yeah, the field, yeah, yeah, you know, you But just, Kenny can change that. Kenny can, can change that by by playing well down the stretch. Deontay Johnson uh, does need to. Uh, yeah. Just a little uh, effort. Get a gut check, right? Yeah, he was even asked about that, and he said something in the like. I'm just doing what I do. I, was that what? What does that mean? What Tomlin, is, Tomlin, for as great as a good. coach as he is, and it's such of like a scary dude. It, it, you wonder where, like, why he gives guys it, rope. He gives yeah, guys. And I rope. think I think at times though he has to. I would like to see him taking some rope on some guys because yeah. that's the type of stuff that culturally you'd like to see Tomlin lock that shit up. Yeah, I mean, and if you don't know what we're talking you're... about, just search it online. Deontay Johnson fumble play, like he just yeah. quit on the play when he absolutely he wasn't paying attention, and that's what's yeah. really frustrating. Is like he was checked out of the play because it wasn't called for him or something, and by doing by not being involved, he missed an opportunity to get a live ball, and then just totally didn't care and was very very checked out. It well, it was Chase the play Claypool after. Asked. It was the play after he, you know, dropped the touchdown, even though it probably should have been challenged. It would have been yeah. a touchdown because he got the th- third foot down, then dropped the football. Um, he was probably pissed that they didn't challenge it, probably mad that he, you know, didn't make it an easier call. And uh, yeah, th- that's the very next play. 
and a fumble happens and he he could have been maybe in the area to fall on it and uh at, at the very least tackle the guy didn't do any of it just kind of walked off and uh yeah that's not what you like to see from any of your players especially one of your supposed leaders on offense the titans get a win over the panthers which helped contribute to the frank reich firing here 17 to 10 it wasn't a convincing win but derrick henry they got him going a little bit more which was uh you know, good to see from Tennessee that maybe he's he does still have stuff left in the tank. I mean, he's had these moments this year, but he had a big workload in this game, which helped Will Levis. Yeah, and struggled really since that first big outing in his you know first game action. Uh, came back to earth a little bit, but you know this is the type of thing that will give a young quarterback some confidence and uh, just being able to lean on some of the you know staples of your team. Derrick Henry is that. And so, yeah, the Titans are four and seven. They're not going anywhere this year. Uh, but maybe to get some of those wins for Will Levis, because I think we both would say that Will Levis is going to be the guy next year. He's going to be the starter. I don't think they're going to go and draft a quarterback. Mike Vrabel shouldn't get fired. And so to have some stability and to get Will Levis a little bit more comfortable, any win means something. And so from that perspective, uh, it was a nice win for Tennessee, but you'd like to win a little bit more convincing when it's against a one in ten Carolina Panthers. Yeah, but if your team you know is better than the other team, uh, then you and you win the game, then you're then you're happy. You should be you happy. Yeah, you did. And especially especially with the young quarterback, and he looked better than Bryce Young throughout the game, and they had a game plan for an identity to help the young quarterback. Yeah, a solid win for them and for the Panthers. We just talked about they're in absolute disarray. So. Um, listen for the, for Will Levis, I like this win. I think this was a, a good confidence building win and they need to continue to build off it. No doubt. Absolutely. Four and seven on the season for Tennessee, one and 10 for the Carolina Panthers. The Buccaneers also are four and seven on the season after dropping a close game to the Colts. Gardner Minshew, uh, willing the team, uh, late with a nice uh, touchdown Mania. run of his own 27 to 20 was the final Indy now putting themselves in the conversation, maybe not necessarily for the South, although that certainly could happen if the Jaguars start to fall off, but at least maybe, you know, potentially a wild card spot come season's end. They are six and five right now, looking good, starting to get uh, some mojo going. Uh, Gardner Minshew didn't toss a touchdown this game, but didn't have to. And, uh, you know, all signs are pointing to Indianapolis starting to gain a little bit of momentum when it matters most. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers are starting to fall into what we thought they were going to be early this season. Uh, they surprised us early. Now are starting to get back to where we thought they'd be all along. Yeah, if you're the Colts, you say to yourself, can we get to 10 wins, right? That's the magic number to feel like you've locked up a, a spot. And you have games against the Titans, the Bengals, the Falcons, the Raiders, and the Texans remaining. So yeah. can you win four of those five? And then the the one game I didn't mention was the Steelers game, which they're certainly they're going to be at home against the Steelers. They're good, they yeah, should be, be competitive, competitive in that game. Yep. So uh, absolutely, the Colts could get to ten wins and could make their way into the into the wild card spot. And if you are an Indianapolis Colts fan, you're just saying to yourself, we got the right head coach, and our running back who we invested a lot of money in is now starting to really come into form again. So you feel great right now if you're a Colts fan. And for the Bucks. Listen, Baker again. Baker's he's a tough SOB. He's not the reason why they're necessarily losing. It's again, this is this team feels a lot like the Saints in the sense that they're just old and their window is closed. And it feels like they tried to extend the window when they probably should have rebooted. And they're a team now that feels absolutely ripe for a complete and full rebuild reboot postseason. 
Yep, it's all signs are pointing towards that for sure. A game that I think we should spend maybe 32 seconds on is the Giants beating the Patriots 10 to 7. What a disaster. Oh, Again, God. Mac Jones benched yeah. in favor of Bailey Zappi. I don't know what they're doing terrible. there. They either rip the band-aid or yeah. figure it out. Like I, exactly. I think you should just have Mac Jones playing the rest of the year, probably. Yeah. And just you, you deal with it, whatever comes of it. They're two and nine right now. At this point, it's just best of your New England to just keep losing. Uh, As for the Giants, Tommy DeVito, fun story. I don't imagine he's going to be a guy we're talking about beyond this season. No. Um, But it's a fun story, and he's, you know, uh, getting some fun little wins here for the team. Uh, maybe this is more about keeping the locker room together for Brian Dable than anything else. Like, let's Let's have some fun, right? Nailed it. because the last thing you want to do is have all of this money in Daniel Jones and feel like if you're another member of this team, one of the leaders, feel like we're not going anywhere for the next three years if we're committed. At least now he's not playing. You're feeling good about winning. And maybe this will give guys a breather and a reset and say, OK, maybe the team will look another direction next year at the quarterback position. No, yeah, they, they, you nailed it with the Giants. It's about like not losing the locker room and understanding that your head coach is the right head coach for your football team going forward, which we believed always it was. It just looked so bad at times with Daniel Jones this year that you started to maybe question it. But what he's doing with Tommy DeVito once again shows you Brian Dayball is the right guy. He is the right coach. You just need to move on from Daniel Jones and be in a position to draft a quarterback, maybe trade up to get the guy that you need to pair with Dable going forward in a division mm-hmm. that will feel open beyond Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Like, uh, so that that's good vibes with, with uh, the Giants. And for the Patriots, absolutely, this feels now like strategic tanking. It feels like they are purposefully muddying the waters enough to where they can end up with the top three pick. What they do with it, what that if Bel- Belichick stays or goes, I don't know yet. It's all speculation. Um, and so, but it feels overall like this is strategic, bad football from the New England Patriots. Yeah, it's just it's it's not good. Uh, things are not going well for New England. Jacksonville gets a big win on the road at the, at the Houston Texans. Uh, something we didn't think would be you know a sentence uttered uh, before <laughs> the season. What a big yeah. win! For Jacksonville over Houston, but it was Houston obviously been surging with CJ Stroud and company, a good team there. And for the second straight week, Trevor Lawrence has looked really good uh, running this offense and starting to take this offense on his shoulders uh, instead of letting the defense and some random big plays be the dictator. Uh, Instead, Lawrence with 364 yards, he had, you know, rushing touchdown in this one, uh, one through the air as well, and kind of got his team uh, into victory mode. Late in this game, of course, one of the highlights at the very end was Matt Amendola missing a 58-yarder that would have tied it and sent it to overtime. Uh, but Matt Amendola, I believe, has not made a 50-plus yarder in his career yet, so he may not be a kicker next year moving forward. But yeah, tough break for the Texans. They're still six and five, so they're they're still okay, well above schedule. Regardless, yeah. they, they, this is a win season oh, for yeah. them, even if they lose out. Uh, meanwhile, Jacksonville gets a much needed win to kind of stamp their name on the division and uh and still put themselves in play for the one seed too in the AFC. Yeah, you nailed it all right there. I will say this to me the 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 highlight of this game was after the game. Trevor Lawrence was asked the question, "Do you love that CJ Stroud is playing really great and you're going to have these kind of epic battles with another quarterback in your division?" And he said, "No, I wish every team sucked <laughs> in our division. Yeah. Make it yeah. a lot easier." 
But in doing so, he laughed and like complimented CJ. CJ's been incredible. And even then, as great as Trevor Lawrence was, and he got his team uh, to that point to, to, you know, to win the game, CJ Stroud got his team into a spot to try to kick a field goal to send it to overtime at home against a way more talented Jacksonville team right now. The Texans are absolutely one of the two or three best stories of the NFL right now, and I hope they make the playoffs. I'm rooting for the Texans right now. I'm rooting for the Jaguars. These are two fun teams. It's a fun division. And um, let's be honest, we're starting to see it now open on up, and we'll talk about the Chiefs here coming up in a bit, to where Patrick Mahomes won't have a lot of excuses if he doesn't make it back to a, a Super Bowl this year through the AFC. Yeah, yeah, especially with that defense too, right? I mean, uh, there's a lot of good offenses in the AFC. You know, no Burrow, no Allen in the playoffs. No Rodgers. You, you know. No Rodgers, and and you're really going to have to worry about Lawrence and the Jags, Stroud and the Texans, maybe the Colts, maybe Kenny Pickett, uh, and then Lamar Jackson or Tua, both of whom were completely unproven. Lamar, the last three Januaries, uh, had a bad game to in in a loss, and then was a no show in the last two Januarys in the NFL. So, not a lot of not a lot of excuses for Kansas City. It's starting to feel like in the AFC. Yep, yep, they are. They're going to have to start to put a little mo- bit more convincing victories on the table. Um, otherwise, it could be a difficult row if they don't get the one seed. Uh, this, that's going to be trouble for Kansas city. The one seed, it means so much more now that we have the playoff format we have, cause there's only one buy. Yeah. Uh, but on top of that, Kansas city has that big advantage arrowhead being such a tough place to play. Uh, the Broncos are continuing to roll. They get a there big, you go, big another huge win over the Browns who after last week's win were, you know, seemingly, you know, riding high, uh, in the absence of Deshaun Watson but they kind of fell back to earth in this game. Russell Wilson and company really starting to take command of that offense. And just, you know, before you know it, uh, the Broncos, who were kind of the the story early on this season of just being a franchise in shambles, uh, now finds themselves at six and five yeah. firmly in play and, uh, and, and playing some of the best football in the league right now. Winning cures everything. It really does. And that's what's happening in Denver right now. A team that five weeks ago we were talking about as like one of the worst situations in football now seems like, oh, you know, okay, their ceiling is still really low. None of us believe they are going to be a Super Bowl team. But with where they've been and where they were going, it seemed like, gosh, this is an incredible turnaround for them. So congrats to the Broncos for turning it around. Russell's playing really, really solid football. They seem to be playing a more physical brand of football seems like ever since they didn't sell everything at the trade deadline, that they just got people to buy in. And the team is really buying into Sean Payton's messaging as well, which is great because those guys are going to be married for a long time. As we said, when they were in the dumpster, gotta work. there's nothing for them to do. They've got to make this work. So that's positive vibes in Denver. I'll say for Cleveland, it feels like you start Flacco next week and you give it one more run to see if you got any magic left. Otherwise, I, I would suggest start tanking. That's just me. Give it, give flat, mm. give Flacco a start. See if there's any magic left to make a playoff run. Otherwise I would suggest tank on. So your second round picks are a little bit higher. Cause we know you don't have first rounders cause you trade them all. Yeah. Cause you're dumb. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that's, that's a brutal situation for the Browns to find themselves in. Uh, the Rams get their fifth win of the season over the Cardinals, probably a disappointing loss for Arizona, but then again, yeah. maybe not because uh, they're two and 10 and, uh, they've got themselves the you know number two pick 
Um, so, or the number three pick, I should say. So, I mean, they're right there uh, for the mix of, you know, not a quarterback, we would think, but hey, Marvin Ju- Harrison Jr. would be a nice addition yeah. for Kyler Murray and company in Arizona. So, uh, kind of, you know, an underwhelming performance for Murray and company in this one, but they, it's just not a very good roster. Their defense is definitely depleted. It's a really bad defense. And so, you know, you're asking Kyler Murray to take on, you know, almost an impossible task at this point. Uh, but yeah, not, not too much takeaway here. Uh, you know, the Rams uh, get the win. They're, they're kind of, you know, evening things out a little bit in the NFC West, but neither team is, is going to the playoffs this year. And yeah. so there's really not much to say. Well, for the Rams, this was their kind of last stand. If they lost this game, their season's dead. Matt Stafford looked alive in this game. He looked like a guy who was willing to say, all right, let's let's make a Custer's last stand. So keep an eye on the Rams. Again, seven seed is open in the NFC. Keep an eye on them. But yeah, for the Cardinals, the biggest thing is, how if you're a fan of the Cardinals, how is Murray playing? Is he playing well enough? Do you feel like you're still going to commit to him or... It, it, does it just matter where you end up in the draft because you don't want to trade picks to move up and if your guy's already off the board. So the Cardinals are still going to be a very interesting watch here down the stretch as far as if you're a fan of it going similar again to the Bears. Just what do you do? Where do you like your guy versus the potential? And it doesn't seem as though they're going to move on from Gannon, the coach. So I think that's yeah, going to play into yeah. the decision that the Cardinals will make. If they move on from Gannon, then it feels like, okay, now we're going to move on from Kyler. Now we're going to fresh start. Everyone's on the same page. If they stick with Gannon, I'm starting to feel more and more like Kyler is the guy, and they're just going to try to get as much talent around him as possible. Yeah, and they need a lot. So that that would be a welcome sight for them. And they have the Texans, you know, pick. So uh, the, the Cardinals can easily In line for two first-rounders. Yeah, yeah they, they could really improve themselves very early on. And we saw it with Houston. <laughs> two yeah. two first-round picks last year was able to change the, the tide of the franchise. Uh, the Chiefs go on the road at the Raiders. And this one looked ugly and uh, Down uh, not good nothing. for Kansas City yeah. very early on in this game. You're like, whoa, are the Raiders actually going to beat Kansas City? Uh, the, the Chiefs finally leaned into the run much more in the second half. And, you know, Isaiah Pacheco... You know, next to Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, of course, is the third best playmaker on this team right now, uh, especially offensively. They don't they still have issues with the receiving core that doesn't seem to be, you know, uh, fixing itself anytime soon. So really leaning into the run game, which is built for January, might be the best move here for the Chiefs. Obviously, it worked in this game. They're able to win 31 17 pretty convincingly with that, you know, late second half, fourth quarter push. Um, and, and I, I just think that the formula is going to have to change a little bit for Kansas city and that's okay because they have Andy Reed who can adjust and, and make these types of moves, uh, that, that win football games. And they still have the best quarterback in football, uh, to weather the storm as well. But yeah, let's lean into Isaiah Pacheco a little bit more. Let's win the physical battle, uh, more than we have maybe in years past. It's, it's a, you know, recipe that's going to be working for them down the stretch. The Raiders to me, once again, showed they should absolutely sign Antonio Pierce, get the deal done, make him your head coach. And then they should absolutely be the one of the two or three most aggressive teams like Atlanta for trading up and getting themselves a franchise quarterback, because they are just at such a disadvantage in that division with Russ, with Herbert and with Mahomes. You've got to go get the guy. The guy. I mean, like number one. Well, overall they can at pick. least find out down the stretch here if Aiden O'Connell has something in him. I, you know, yeah, I, no, no. so far it hasn't been great, but it, I thought he played pretty well yesterday. Yeah, he played okay. No, and I'm not. But again, he's not the guy. They yeah. they are stuck. They're in a division where 
everyone else has the guy and their guys are all top 10 quarterbacks. So you've got to do something like you've got to do something. And so with the, with how well the Pierce has the rest of the roster playing, that's the missing real missing piece right now. So can they go get that? And for the chiefs, you scored in the second half. Kudos. That's awesome. Great job. Uh, That's important. And I'll say this for the chiefs. Like I mentioned earlier, you are now going to look at this window. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs fans and you do not make the, the Super Bowl, if you're the Chiefs, and you'll say, you're going to be pissed at yourself, Chiefs fans. You have the best defense of Mahomes' career, best defense of his career. You're probably not going to get a defense this good again in his career. I know it's young, and you'll argue it'll be around, but the way defenses work, they ebb and they flow, good years, bad years, you have turnover luck, all those things. Don't waste this defense, especially there's no Joey Burrow. The bad man is gone. Josh Allen looks like he's going to miss the playoffs. No excuses. This is going to be Mahomes and a bunch of okay average quarterbacks in the in the playoffs besides Lamar. It's going to be Mahomes and Lamar. And you should get home field over Lamar. Don't let the Dolphins get it. So it, this is a crucial, crucial run. On the flip side of this, I will say, if you're any of these other teams, if you are a Ravens, a Miami, uh, you know, insert a team here in the AFC and you want to make a Jaguars and you want to make a Super Bowl, this is the time. No Burrow, no Allen to compete against. Your, yeah, you have you to strike just, while the kettle's hot. Yeah. Strike while the opening has happened. Strike while the kettle's hot. While Mahomes doesn't have receivers besides Rice. Rice is coming on, but he's still a rookie. He made yeah. a couple catches. That one sideline grab, two and a grab, feet down. Late yeah, in the game, he's that was got a, stuff. He has yeah, stuff. he reminds yeah. me a little bit of Devontae Adams, like a but like a smaller, almost like a Debo. Like I mean, uh, a Brandon Ayuk maybe is the better comparison. He's he's a player. He's a player. I don't know if he's a true number one. He'd be a great number two. So it's an interesting feeling in Chiefs Kingdom. But hey, you scored in the second half, Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy. It's yeah. all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Amen. I, I just want to know what happened with Justin Ross because I was really excited with yeah. the prospects of him. You know, he was so electric at Clemson, and obviously he had the injuries. There was a bit, there were a lot of concerns with that, but just then you know he's seen the field a handful of times, and it, you know he's made some pretty awesome, spectacular catches. There must be something going a on. Trust where he's issue. just not winning it's, the battle. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. not. Winning it's the just, he's got to be a trust issue because Mahomes is the type of offense where he trusts guys. And that offense is about you being in the right space at the right time because I'm going to no look. I'm going to throw to spots. So it's got to be a trust issue. Yeah. Uh, The Bills at the Eagles, what a game this was. It lived up to the billing. But the Eagles, you know, it was a nail-biter throughout. And obviously, you know, late in this game, the Eagles uh, somehow get themselves uh, to, you know, field goal territory. Well, really, it was back and forth, fourth quarter, right? And they take the lead and then, Josh Allen pulls out the heroics, gets them uh, the lead back late in this game, but then Jalen Hurts drives them. Jacob Elliott uh, hits, what was it, a 59-yard field goal uh, to send them into overtime. uh, Just a massive kick, an incredible job by Jake Elliott uh, to get that one through. Sends them into overtime. The Bills, seemingly a miscommunication between Josh Allen and Gabe Davis because the touchdown was there, but he just threw it to a spot that he thought Gabe Davis was going to go, and Gabe Davis turned the other way. That proved to be brutal because Tyler Bass hit a field goal and then all the Eagles needed was a touchdown. Jalen Hurts runs it in at the end. They get the victory. They improve to 10 and one. And man, the Bills really could have used that win. They're six and six now on the season, Mark. And I mean, they're going to have to go four and one to give themselves really a chance here down the stretch uh, of making the playoffs. And that is a tough, 
tough spot to be for Buffalo. Um, just, you know, uh, talk about uh, a, a gut wrenching loss for a team where they could have, they could have beat the, the best team in the league. And uh, just like that, instead they're six and six and really facing a terribly uphill battle for the players. So, you know, my thoughts on the Eagles, I've had them number one in my power rankings for the, basically the whole season. I love the Eagles. I love, they can beat you in so many different ways. I love their veteran savvy. I love their playmakers. I love Jalen Hurts. He is such a unique weapon. He's not 100% healthy, but he's balling out. I mean, those throws, that that end zone touchdown throw uh, to the only the spot where his receiver could get it in the yeah. bad weather. He's such a leader on and off the field. The Eagles, to me, are are the, are the team to beat in the NFL right now, and, and I don't think it's that close. I love, I love, love, love Philly right now. I, on the flip side, I just want to say this about Buffalo. You score 31 points on the road against the number one team in football and your defensive head coach can't win that game. Yeah. I mean, Sean McDermott has to be on the hot seat. And I think he's a good, I think he's an overall, you know, decent head coach. He'll probably get another chance in the NFL, but you, you you have to own that. You have to own that on the road with your new offensive coordinator against the best team in football. And you don't win that game. Yep. Yep. And especially, you know, even all you needed was one stop. I mean, really at the end of the game, you have an opportunity. Uh, don't let Jalen hurts drive it into field goal range. That's all we have to do. Josh Allen, the stat going around this morning, Owen six in in overtime. That says a lot more about his defensive head coach than it does Josh Allen, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very true. And it doesn't get easier for the bills. They have to go on the road to Kansas city next week. And then they take, take on the Cowboys. So, uh, you know, the next two weeks are pivotal. They they have to win both um, because then they play the Chargers Patriots. We think those are both wins. And then it's at Miami to, to end the season. And that's certainly going to be a difficult matchup for them. And they can't bank on, you know, that win coming to them at the end of the year. So uh, next two weeks are going to be very telling what man, the bills could be six and eight. The bills could be six and eight. And that's, that's pretty sad to say, if that's the case, I agree with you. I think Sean McDermott, uh, Probably already has to be gone, but uh, at this point, um, check out the YouTube. Watch on YouTube for my reactions, (laughs) because yeah, that's it. That's it. We've got the nonverbal cues here from Mark Espen on the football lounge. Finally, for Sunday Night Football, the Ravens win twenty to ten on the road at uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Easiest game of the week. Yeah, I mean the Chargers were up three to nothing, and then that was about it. Uh, the the Ravens go up ten to three, and then uh, cruise the rest of the way in the second half to victory here. And uh, yeah, it's once again, even though they only allowed twenty points uh, to the Ravens, uh, the Chargers defense, you know, let them down. And for as well as Justin Herbert is playing, you know, he can't afford any mistakes uh, with the way that this defense is playing. And he and he had a mistake, you know, he threw a threw a bad pick and, um, you know, took some sacks in this game. And that ultimately ended up being the, uh, the nail in the coffin because if the chargers were five and six today, we'd say, all right, they're still putting up a fight. Uh, there's just at this point in the year, one win difference means so much. So five and six feels a lot different than four and seven. And if this isn't the end of Brandon, Brandon Staley as well, I don't know what is, we may be seeing four or five coaches get fired. Uh, you know, really soon at the end of this season, we've already seen two go. Uh, you know, these are others that I think need to be. Yeah, Brandon, you. I mean, that it's the Brandon Staley's dead job. I mean, that was this game, and I mean, this was this was it. You lost. 
uh, a very winnable game last week. And then this week was a very winnable game as well. And this offense has no identity. Like where, again, it feels a lot like Justin Herbert, the chargers and Buffalo feel so similar right now. We're just like, you, you look and you go, we got the guy, figure it out. And it's like, no one is helping them build a team the way that Mahomes has a team built around him, the way that Hertz has a team built around him. It just feels brutal for, for Justin Herbert and, uh, and the chargers right now, and they have so much talent. And when you have that much talent and you're losing in this way, that says so much about the coaching, the culture, the identity of the team. It's bad. It's really, really bad. And for the, for the Ravens, I, we all predicted this. This was my lock of the week. Ravens minus three and a half. If you're the Ravens, this is the type of game where you look and you say, this is what we can do in week in week out. We didn't play a great game. We didn't explode offensively, but we're the better team, and we made the big plays in the big moments. And um, who knew that Kyle Van Noy was still out there making plays? I totally forgot yeah. about that. He's a and solid so, player, yeah. So he made some big plays. And, and um, you know, for the Ravens, this was a must, uh, a really, not a must win, but a, uh, it felt like you needed it because, as we mentioned, the Ravens have some tough games coming on up. And if they want the one seed, losing to the, a bad Chargers team like this would not have been helpful. Yes, very true. Uh, the Bears go on the road to the Vikings tonight, Mark. I'm curious your thoughts. Minnesota currently favored by three at home. Oh, Bears 24, Vikings 20. In a, in right. a The Bears win. Uh, Justin Fields has a breakout game on national television. The pundits tomorrow will be talking about it's so obvious. Get Justin Fields a new head coach and some, and, and some more help like a Max Crosby uh, or a Marvin Harrison Jr. And uh, this kid will really, uh, this kid will really explode. I-, I feel great about the Bears in this game. They've already seen the Vikings' pressure and the Vikings' intense defensive, uh, aggressive nature once this year. I think they'll be more prepared for what the Vikings will want to do. And I think you'll see Justin Fields understand he has a chance in prime time to put on a show. I love the way he ran the ball last week. I think you'll see more of that this week and say, you know what, F it. This is what I got to do to make sure I'm the starting quarterback of this team going forward or the starting quarterback of another team going forward. I think it's Justin Fields' uh, Monday night game like he did against the Patriots, breakout Monday night win, and uh, you'll see uh, you'll see a Bears, uh, a Bears uh, team that will still look very inept because they do not have the right head football coach, but against a Vikings team that I think will have kind of you were seeing the bubble burst a little bit for the Vikings and their and their you know kind of explosion post Kirk injury. No Justin Jefferson helps the Bears win this game. That's a big help. <laughs> yes, very much so. I agree. I think the Bears do win this game. It's pretty solid uh you know prediction for the score as well. I think it'll be very close uh in this one, you know, 23-20, 24-20 as you said. Uh sounds about right. So I I'm in agreement with you there on this one for sure. I do need about 100 points from Justin Fields tonight, one of my <laughs> fantasy leagues. Uh, will I get that? I need I need at least 20 from him, so I'm going to say you get at least 20. You're, you're going <laughs> to... Can we split the difference? Can we at least as get long maybe as like he, 60 as long make as he it finds feel good? D, as long as he finds DJ Moore, I also have DJ Moore, and I need them. I need about 33 points combined from those two, so that's what so I'm looking I, for. I'm just looking for five passing touchdowns all to DJ Moore then, and then uh, maybe two rushing touchdowns I love as it. well. 
200 yards rushing for Justin Fields. We'll get there. Fantastic. All right. Well, that was a, a fully loaded week 12 recap uh, for sure. Very exciting stuff. Again, Frank Reich fired the biggest news to come out of the day, but the Eagles uh, with their big win over the Bills might be the matchup of the week, unless, of course, the Bears put up 138 points tonight <laughs> against the Minnesota Vikings. For Mark, I'm Dan. Until next time, this has been the Football Lounge with Mark and Dan. Thank you.